thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible, speak the truth, and make Bible study come to life. Here is your host, Joshua Cantrell. Welcome to another episode of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I am once again your host, Joshua Cantrell. We are so excited to have you on this particular podcast. We hope that you have been enjoying uh, these first few episodes, and we hope that we can continue uh, this particular uh, environment for us to come together, to be convicted uh, of our consciences, to allow them to prick us and ultimately be convicted about our relationship with our God. This particular season, we have been studying the question, how do you handle? And in this fifth episode, we are going to do part three on how do you handle, and then we're going to label that your enemies. How do you handle your enemies? The first two episodes, we just talked about how the devil is the greatest enemy to all of God's people everywhere. And of course, the Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians 15, once Jesus conquered death, the devil's reign over God's people was snapped. He no longer has any power over us. He no longer has any sway over us. And thus, we shouldn't fear him. Again, the Bible continues to speak volumes, giving us different verses about how the devil has this power, how the devil is a strong being. But it's really unfair to compare anyone to God. The Bible talks about in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 and 10, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. In Isaiah 40, verse 25, to whom then will ye liken me or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One. Isaiah is asking the people, God is asking the people through the prophet Isaiah, who will you compare to the Almighty God? That answer should simply be no one. Who is an enemy? The definition of enemy is a person who is actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. There's a verse we often quote, and we've used it in the last episode as well, and that's Psalm 23. There he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And so one of the great things, again, about the Bible is this opportunity we have to study, to meditate, to grow, to just allow the word of God to make us better people. So again, when we're talking about enemies, I want to discuss with you Joseph. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the story and with the life of Joseph, me personally, it is one of my favorite. It is a story of redemption, a story of ingratitude, a story of gratefulness, a story of forgiveness, and ultimately a story of love. Because the basis or the foundation for us loving our enemies has to be rooted and based off love. Why do we forgive people? Well, ultimately, because God tells us to. But love 
also plays an important role in that as well. The Bible says love your enemies. What does that mean? Can it even be done? Consider me. Consider with me what the Bible has to say about Joseph. Now, we first read about Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. There, the Bible lets us know in verse 3, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Joseph had 12 sons total. Of course, we know later on he was going to have one more son, that being Benjamin. And he also had one diner who we know to be Dinah. Now, I just want to give you the list of Jacob's children. Of course, by Leah, he had Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Nebulon, and his one daughter, Dinah, which was his 11th child. And then by Leah's handmaid, Zilphar, you have Gad and Asher. And then by Rachel's handmaid, Bilhar, you have Dan and Naphtali. And of course, by Rachel herself, you have Joseph and Benjamin. If you remember in Genesis 29 verse 20, the Bible says, And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. Now, of course we know Rachel was the woman he loved. But of course we know her father Laban tricked him and gave him Leah first. And then Jacob said, well, I'm willing to work seven more years in order to marry Rachel. And so Laban graciously allowed him to go ahead and marry Rachel while he was going to work seven more years for her father. And Genesis 37 again, in verse four, the Bible says, and when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. They envied him. They despised him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told his brethren, and they'd hated him yet the more. Now, I don't think Joseph ever saw his brothers as being enemies. If anything, I think Joseph just wanted to be a part of the team. I think Joseph loved his brothers so much, he was willing to do anything just to be accepted by them. But they hated him because of the treatment their father showed to him. And as a result of that, they were going to do something that was going to cause them grief, harm, and ultimately, it was going to come back to haunt them. If you remember in Galatians 6 and verse 8, there the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so the Bible says here in Genesis 37, verse 11, And his brothers, they envied him, but the father observed the same. And so in Genesis 37, what you find there towards the end of that chapter is his brothers are going to sell him into slavery. Now, now one of his brothers wanted to kill him. But in verse 21, the Bible says, and Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Verse 24, and they took him and cast him into the pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water. Verse 26 says, and Judah said unto his brethren, 
What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And so what they do next is they come up with this plan. They kill an animal. They take Joseph's coat and they dip the coat in the blood. And they return this to their father. And their father sees this. And oh, the pain that must have come over him. The Bible says, Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. Grief is a powerful thing. Just when you think you're doing good, just when you think you're okay, it strikes you all over again. Jacob mourned for his son many days. In Genesis 39, we read about how Joseph was in the house of Potiphar. In verse 1, the Bible says, And Jacob was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And verse 2 says, And the Lord was with Joseph. You're going to find that phrase three more times in this particular chapter. And the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was faithful to God. And God was going to be faithful to him. The Bible says that Potiphar's wife noticed Joseph. And most customs let us know that Egyptian women are beautiful women. And so Potiphar's wife wasn't a very attractive woman. And the Bible says she cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Joseph said, I can't do this. In verse 9, he says, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither had he that being Potiphar kept back anything from me but you. Because thou art his wife. Joseph said, how then can I do this and be right with God? All sin is against God. Not some of it, not most of it, but all of it is against God. Joseph said, how can I do this and be right with the God in heaven? But that didn't stop her. Again, the Bible says day after day. She said to him, lie with me. Joseph told her no. Joseph told her no. And so one day she grabbed Joseph and she wanted him. But Joseph ran and he left his clothes. And so she lied to her husband, Genesis 39 and verse 10, verse 14. And Potiphar threw him into prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. He was able to still be great in the eyes of God because the Lord was with him. For the sake of time, we want to just speed on to the end of his story. Now, here you have a famine in the land where Jacob and his family is. And so Jacob sends his sons down to Egypt to get some grain. 
And so as they make their way, they run into this man who's in charge of all the grain. This man so happens to be Joseph. But they did not recognize him for he had changed and he had changed significantly. They had no idea who this man was. But you know what? Joseph knew who they were. And so he puts them through a series of tests. Imagine this. He's now in a position to get back at his enemies. He's now in a position to do them harm after everything they did to him. Joseph didn't do that. Eventually, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and they could not say a word because in their minds, no doubt, they believed that he was dead. In Genesis 45 verse 1, the Bible says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cries, caused every man to go out from him, and he stood, no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled in his presence. Notice what Joseph said to his enemies. Notice what Joseph said to those who did him wrong. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. Don't be angry with yourselves, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Now, his family comes down. He and his father are reunited, but his father passes. Surely, his brothers are thinking, oh, now he's going to get us back for what we did to him. But Joseph said, for am I not in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. I think we can learn a lot from Joseph's story. No matter what people do to us, no matter what they say about us, no matter how they treat us, we still can be like our Lord, being willing to forgive and being willing to be better people. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.